Hey friends, welcome to the Victor Marks podcast with Victor Marks, founder of All Things Possible Ministries. Welcome to the show where we bring you real conversations facing life's hard truths, stories of redemption, and the latest from the front lines. Whether you're on the road, getting your day started, or finally settling in, we've got an exciting new episode planned for you. So let's dive into today's show. Today we're going to be bringing you part two of a conversation that began on yesterday's program. My guest is Holly D. Now, she's the director of the House of Refuge, and this is such an important ministry of ours in Cambodia as they're reaching these young girls who come from impoverished villages, inner-city slums, and sadly have suffered sexual exploitation, including young children being raped. We really cover your prayers for our ministry in this area as we seek to bring hope through the gospel message of salvation. As we pick up the conversation today, our dear friend and colleague, Holly, shares more about the ministry and how the story of Nora is only one example of the work that God is doing through the ministry at the Girls' House of Refuge. You guys, it's so easy to just think of, you know, sex traffic and abuse and all that, but all of that, it always boils down to a person, a yeah. child. A that's human. what it, a yeah. human, someone made in the image of God. And yeah. that's what it's about. And I think oftentimes many people get caught up in the pedophile, the child traffic. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, uh, but nothing gets done. Yeah. People just talk about it, but yeah. we're, we're doing the deal. You are doing the deal. And we need people to join in through prayer. And obviously, guys, if you want to help supporting matters, especially monthly, and you may go, well, we don't have much money. Let me tell you what, $5 will put yeah. Petro on a, a scooter. Uh, 10 bucks helps buy food. Whatever that you can do monthly, uh, it matters. It makes a difference. We're getting this bigger home. Yeah. We won't want to increase our size. Um, and as God provides and guides, we'll do it. But we need people praying and supporting. We're yeah. on Facebook, too. Go to the website, victormarks.com. That's Marks with an X. And you can find uh, the link that we keep everyone posted on your work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have social media, but yeah. the, the challenge of that is stuff. Everybody knows what's happening to social media right now. Yeah. So tomorrow it could be gone. So you got to yeah. definitely stay in contact with us. Yeah, yeah. we have Facebook. We right. do have Girls House of Refuge. And that's how yeah. they find it on Facebook. Yeah, Girls House of Refuge. We also have a website. So okay. that would be girlshouseofrefuge.com. But um, as you go through it, you'll see all kinds of pictures and things like that. But we can't see things yeah, no, exactly, no, exactly. But no. you'll know. <laughs> um, we use wisdom in sharing yeah. certain things. So yeah. So it's a sensitive thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I think people understand that. Yeah. So Holly, I want to, I I just want to give people a little bit of insight on how we met. Right. So I'll start with my side and (laughs) you can tell me what you remember. Uh, But here we are and uh, you know, we're doing high risk work overseas and I get a social media Mm -hmm. bump uh, that says, Hey, uh, one of our leaders here, our leader here is in trouble in Southeast Asia and was attacked. Somebody wanted to kill her. She's struggling. Can you help? And I thought, well, that's what we do. Let me look into it. We did a quick assessment, and then I realized, okay, this is valid. This is something we need to uh, help. And so I sent a two-person team 
immediately uh, to Cambodia. What was going on when our little team arrived to help? So... I was running the girl's house in Cambodia and the Lord was blessing it, doing ministry, going to the brothels, red light districts, kept getting more and more girls. We had like 45 women. And of course that pisses off the traffickers. And normally I was good at losing them. Have you ever had to get physical? With a trafficker? Yes. Yeah. I've had to push them. I've had to smack them. Yeah. And that's no problem for me. Right. Um, but the last brothel we went to, um, the girls wanted out, but they won't ever say it in front of their face. We always have to sneak them out. Mm-hmm. So um, that guy was really violent. I had another gal with me from California. She had a camera in her hand, which I'm like, don't bring a camera, but yeah. maybe we can get away with it if you stand way back off. But that was a bad choice. Right. Um, that really pissed him off. He grabbed the camera out of her hand. And then, you know, she's from uh, Hesperia, you know, my Cali girl. So uh, <laughs> big Mexican gal. Yeah. Uh, so she just grabbed it back and like, hey, but we done pissed him off. And we had made plans to meet with three girls from that brothel. And he, I could hear him taking them in the back and smacking them. So anyways, we had plans to meet with him the next day at a temple. Mm-hmm. We never made it to that meeting. What happened was we went out and uh, Asia, you ride motos. They're right. like souped up mopeds. They're kind of like motorcycle-ish. Um, uh, we had guys follow us mm-hmm. and they pulled up next to us as I'm driving. She's on the back and they reach over and pull me off. Mm-hmm. I get pulled off the moto. While um, y'all are moving. While we're moving. Uh, I had a little strap uh, uh, around my, my chest, and he reached over and pulled it, but was yanking. And then I'm, I'm trying to hold it, but, you know, you're driving, and it, like, try to figure out how to fight. Me, which was a bad choice, took one hand off the handlebars and did a karate grab, and but that's the last thing I remember. Yeah. Um, got pulled off. Moto, I think I pulled him off. I'm not sure I got knocked out. You got busted up. Completely, the left side of my body, eardrum broken, blood on the brain, broken jaw, broken ribs, broken foot, everything on the left side. Mm -hmm. Um, My collarbone was just shattered, so they Mm. went in and stuck a metal pin in there, Mm. and it kept wiggling out, Mm. and I couldn't really walk, couldn't sit up. I got out of the hospital, I think, a month later, maybe, and um, my brain wasn't working really well and so the gal that was volunteering at the time that wasn't me that asked you for help that was no, her right, and right. um because i was a mess and at the time too when i hobbled downstairs i'm sitting in the kitchen with one of my girls and i hear the the door the gate open and i look and there was guys coming in the house and i'm trying to hobble after them yeah so the the pimps and stuff were still trying to get back in the house to get the girls back right. and now i'm incapacitated it was a mess i was a mess and you got TBI. You got traumatic brain injury. Yeah, it, you're, you're broken. Yeah, it's uh, it's not a good situation. No, I remember laying because I was bedridden for a while, and I remember laying on the bed, which is torture in itself for yeah. someone like you. Couldn't even sit up to go to the bathroom. Ah. I had a little phone. I had to beep and ask the girls to help me sit up, and my brain wasn't working. And I remember just thinking, lifting my one hand up, that worked. And saying, God, why didn't you just let me die? I don't want to be like this forever. Because at the time, it's kind of like in my mind, it was going to be like that. I didn't see the future. And I thought God would let me die. I was hoping he would would let me die. So all that happening. And then the gal that was volunteering, she said, hey, Victor Marks wants to send a team 
to help. And for as far as I understood it <laughs> in my way of thinking, oh, they're going to send a security team and help us because these traffickers are sneaking in because they were trying to sneak in and hide right. so they could come out at night. So I watched your story because I was like, I don't know if I trust this people sending these people over. I don't know them. Then I asked another missionary friend of mine in Thailand who goes into Burma. And I was like, hey, there's this guy named Victor Marks. He, he said he wants to help. Is he all about himself or all about Jesus? Because that's the way I talk. Sorry. Of course. And he said, well, yeah, I know Victor Marks. And I don't know him that well, but I can tell you he's all about Jesus. Mm. That made me say, okay, send a team. So the team comes. And they saw that I was all screwed up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, my, my son and Quinn came and you were in a critical position. Yeah. You're like any leader. You're not going to take me. I'm not leaving my, yeah. <laughs> I'm not leaving my girls, my team yet. God intervene because had you not, we're not convinced you'd be here today. Yeah. And, and I knew the struggle. I mean, I've, I remember leaving Iraq flying home and not even driving home from the airport, stopping the vehicle, getting out and just oh, going, I've got to fly back because my team is still there. I can't, you know, this, yeah. for those who don't understand, it's not all crazy with a C. It can be crazy with a K, but that's how leaders think. And for you, the idea of leaving, because that was our assessment. Yeah. Holly, you need to come to the States. Let us work on you. And you got to trust God. Yeah. Right? It- for me, with my background and everything, to even trust people I didn't know all that well, oh, yeah. it was like I was in this kind of turmoil, this kind of storm in a sense. But Shiloh. Tell us how. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> it's like I didn't really know this guy, this young guy, and he's at the house, but. And and you, I didn't know, grow- you didn't know he was my son. Yeah. And, and so all he talked about was Jesus. And it was just like how good Jesus is and just like everything that was coming out of his mouth. So I'm in this darkness and that, that thing of Jesus. And it was just like, yes, the light of Jesus in him just kept clicking. You know what I mean? It's like you have that. Cause I got the Holy spirit in me, even though I'm messed up, it, he just kept pointing no matter what the conversation right was, right it went right Lord. back to Jesus. And so it made me trust him. Because I could see the love of God in him. Yeah. And then you guys flew me. Yeah. I, re- I remember him saying, you know, like, Dad, she's hesitant. She's not going to want to leave him. Uh-huh. And then that comfortableness and that trust grew. He told me the story where he said, you know, I had a conversation because you were in and out on okay. some things, right? Yeah. But when you found out that he was our son, and that made you go, oh, my gosh, you're actually yeah. Victor Honey's son. Yeah. Right? It clicked. Yeah, yeah. There was a moment it clicked. Yeah. You said, okay. So, you know, we sit there and we think, without him going, you know, you may not have left. I wouldn't have trusted. Yeah. It was really, God really used him. I do remember you telling me, I prayed and God told me to send Shiloh, but I didn't have a clue who Shiloh was. Right. And Shiloh is what I read in the Bible. That's that's in the Bible. That word. So yeah. Oh, and yeah. my, my mind was all messed up from yeah. the trauma and the, the concussion and the blood on the brain. And Are y'all a, getting this? Yeah, it took a while. I had to go get another scan to see if it was healed enough to even fly. Right. And Shiloh stayed and waited. Right. So we flew ASAP over here. And I wasn't even at the house. I don't know where I was. I don't know if I was traveling. But uh, Eileen said, with the day that you got in, she's like, hi. You know, and, and, and she sees this pen sticking up to your skin. <laughs> yeah. And she goes, 
oh my gosh. And you go, yeah, I don't know. It's some, I keep pushing it back, you know, but it keeps poking up. And it's this pin that the surgeons have put in. Eileen goes, yep, we're going to the orthopedist right now. And she she took you right then uh, to uh, our ortho. And there was no surgery. There was no nothing. He just goes, okay, we're taking this out right now. Because yeah. this can drop down and yeah. kill you. It's funny because I heard the story. You go, okay, we'll take it out. He just, he cuts you, pulls it out. And it's, we, it was a long, <laughs> long day. And I remember him saying, uh, and Eileen going, she is tough. And that was the beginning of us investing in you mm-hmm. for healing, renewal, restoration. And I kept saying, hey, we just got to get you better so we can get you back. Because yeah. I know as a leader, that's what you want to get back in the fight. And we sent you to the Amen Clinics for brain scans and there was enough yeah. we did spiritual prayers and healing god did some work yeah both uh freeing you from demonic oppression and assignments that was really real <laughs> really quick um when i first saw you walk i remember i was in this in the kitchen and you walked in and the first thing you said to me was holly know that the lord has heard your prayer and when you said that i don't that you didn't know that immediately the Lord flashed when I was laying on that bed, crying out to him to take my, my life, basically take me. And God used you to be the answer to that. God's like, no, I'm not going to take your life. I have something else planned for your life. And, and so that's what made me trust you guys even more when I met you and you said that. Yeah. That it was like this deep cry yeah. that God's like, this is my answer to that cry. When you cry out to the Lord, you know, and, and you're you're down and you're like, and God's like, actually, my daughter, I have something planned bigger than you can imagine. And as I look back now, I'm thankful for that because I'm more restored than ever before. If I would have stayed in the mission field and that wouldn't have happened, I didn't get pulled off the moto. I would have never got the healing from actually all the demonic assignments and all the trauma I've been through in my life. Right. I, I mean, like you want to talk about abuse and, and rape and all kinds of crazy stuff that happens to you. You know, I would have never gotten all this healing. That's a very interesting point. And I want our listeners to, to grasp that. There are a lot of people in ministry that aren't completely no. healed up. No. And there's a danger in that because the good part is your heart is compassionate. You want to help. But the danger is if you don't continue to build, get restored, get renewed yourself, it will set you up for failure. Yeah. And you have to trust God when a breaking comes, mm-hmm. when the scripture is fulfilled of, what does he say about I'll make you lie down beside <laughs> the still waters and the green? He'll make you. <laughs> and that's where you have to trust him, yeah. you know, and and you did. And um, I, I'm convinced of this, of all the years we've been doing this, God does hear the cries and the prayers of people. And then he allows us to reach in there and to be part of that solution that he had planned from the beginning. So if you're out there and you're struggling and you're hurting, don't think that your prayers are not heard mm-hmm. or wasted and your tears. Cause you know what? Tears to me is probably some of the purest prayers and worship there are. Uh, Cause remember the Bible says, God, he keeps every one of our tears. He didn't even say that about prayers, but it keep all of our tears. 
And there's something that's so pure in a tear that nobody can even hear. They only see. Yeah. And Eileen, too, your wife, like, she's awesome. She nursed me. She helped, like, didn't even know me that well. And I was all messed up. Actually, she had to help me bathe a bit, too, and because I was pretty messed up. Oh, yeah. I mean, having being knocked down like that and having people that are really Christians, and what is that? That's the body of God, you know, and just come and be willing to reach down in your muck yeah. and, and help you and wash you off and, and, and look forward to something bigger or something, you know? Yeah. I don't know, but yeah. that's actually what I told Nora when... She was in my house on the bed at that time. Her one hand's gone. The other hand, she couldn't use it because we had surgery on it because he had hacked through, but that didn't get cut off completely, thank God. But she couldn't use it. It was severe. And so she's handless. And I I told her, I said, I know it's humbling to let somebody help you go to the bathroom and shower, and you don't know them all that well. I said, but you know, that happened to me too before. And God helped me with Victor and Eileen, the one that I showed you when you were in that hospital. I said, he used them and God helped me. And now I'm helping you. And she just looked at me. I was like, the reason I'm helping you is because I've been helped. Uh And really it's God. It's that Jesus that's helping. And, And she always remembers those things. You know what I mean? And that's what it is. It's discipleship. Yes. We're comforted in order to be, to comfort others. Amen. We refresh others, but then we get refreshed. And all this, there's one thing I hope people understand. It's by God's love. Amen. Love is the greatest. Faith, hope, and love. But it's not that hard either. I think some churches and ministries and some aspects of Christianity, they make it difficult. When it's just like, why don't you just love your neighbor? Why don't you just do the basics? Never about perfection. But just doing the right direction. And, you know, Eileen and I have this philosophy in our faith that, well, we're just going to help those who God brings to us. Yeah. And yeah. he brought you to <laughs> us. And we're like, okay, Lord. And, and we always see it as a privilege. But on the point of discipleship, I think more is caught than taught. And when we live out discipleship, you know, it can be messy. It is messy. It is messy. From the messiness comes yeah. growth. Because if it's all cookie clutter and clean and Christianese and all this stuff, you know, you're like, gonna, yeah, you're, you, and that's what we're lacking, I think, in Christianity, and is there's not a ruggedness of soul in Christians. There's a passivity and a, a pleasure-minded or fear-driven, and it's like people, you you have to pick up your cross daily, deny yourself, and follow the Lord. That's one of the key deals, and the others. He says, people will know you're my disciple by the love you have one for another. Yep. And uh, that's what we want to encourage everyone to do. So I love this story. I, I love how God has been uh, orchestrating it and still does. Yeah. I'm glad that you're in country here with us at the training center, and we're able to um, do this broadcast with you. Excited for the future, uh, folks, and continue to pray for Holly and the kids. And uh, here's a question, uh, two questions that we try to ask everyone we interview. First one is, what is your perception of who Eileen and I are? 
How do you think of us? I think of you as spiritual leadership over mm. me and actually as a mother and father figure and who I can go to and say, hey, this is going on. What do you think we should do? Um, that's how I see you guys. Thank you. And kind of also protectors too, because yeah. it's like you, you guys take the mother and fathership role of parentship, whatever you want to say, uh, role in that. Sometimes on the mission field, I'm like, I want to help everybody. Right. But it's like, I need somebody to bounce off of. Right. Um, you guys pray and just tell me what you think. Yeah. But it's like, you can't always help everyone. Yeah. But specific ones the Lord brings, it's like, I still want to bounce it off of you because yeah. you're my covering. Yeah. So that's what you are to me is my covering. Yeah. Well, it's a, it's a privilege and an honor uh, to, to be in that role. Last question. <laughs> you are going to die one day. Amen. Yeah. Exciting. <laughs> what happens when you die? I mean, give us your perspective. Because we hear all kinds. Oh, when I die, I'm going to be with the Lord Jesus Christ. And that is so exciting. And um, I'm okay. I'm happy to live. Okay. But, you know, life on earth, I got all kinds of scars. I'm yeah. getting older. I just had to start using glasses to read the Bible. That was new. <laughs> this trip here, I welcome, noticed it. Welcome to the optical and, world. Um, and, you know, my body's dying. Yep. And I can't wait to go be with Jesus. But when I go there, I want to be like, I did it to my fullest Lord. Mm. I lived it all the way mm. and I messed up along the way, but you were always faithful to drag me by my hair. Yeah. And I'm only here because you died on the cross for me and you love me regardless of my wickedness mm. and regardless of my sin, you made me your daughter. And so I know for sure, a hundred percent. I am completely guaranteed 100%. I am going to go be with the Lord when I die. Is that your own philosophy or is it because of something you've read? <laughs> it's because of the word of God. It's in the Bible. Yeah. Yeah. So um, at the girl's house, we read the whole Bible. Um, we start, it's the beginning of the year right now, start in Genesis. Mm. And we read the New Testament along with Genesis and go through Proverbs. We're in the mm. word all the time. So at the end of the year, we done went through the whole Bible. Um, so as you go through the word of God, it actually gives you confidence yeah. because you see the living word that never changes. And this world is going crazy. Yeah. People yeah. are nuts. Yeah. And you know what? You know, they need the Lord too. Yeah. Just like the pedophiles, yep. just like they, everybody needs the Lord. Yep. But as I read through the word of God, you see that Jesus Christ, it's only through Jesus that I am saved from my sin. He has washed over my sin. I am complete in him. I am no longer a slave to him, but a slave to righteousness by choice. So, yeah, I'm completely convinced. Some people are listening or watching and watching this right now, and maybe they're Buddhist. Maybe they're another religion. Does that mean they're not going to go to heaven? I mean, is it that narrow? Or uh, do we trust God for all people? That he's a righteous, loving God. It's really a very, very narrow, narrow way. But the thing I would say to anybody who is um, Buddhist yeah. or Hindu or um, believes in the spirit and the spirits, which is whoever you are, right. um, you know already, you've already experienced there's a spiritual realm. You've already experienced spirits. But my question to you is, are they leading you towards light? And do you feel peace and joy and love from these? Or could they possibly be a con? Could they possibly be conning you away from the truth so that you end up going to 
You could say hell, or you could say a place away from God's plan for your life. Are you being conned by the spirits? Why do you trust the spirits? What makes you trust these spirits? That's my question to you, because what the Bible said is really clear. There's all kinds of demonic things and idols and things that are behind these statues you worship and all this stuff, and they will lead you astray. You've got to cast them down. That's my question, because the spirits are realm, it's real. That's, yeah. It's very real. People know that. It's so real. But why do you trust them? <laughs> what makes you think they're not conning you? It's a simple question like that. That causes what we call here intellectual honesty or critical thinking skills instead of just blindly. Because people think our faith in Christ in the Bible as a Christian is just blind faith, but it's not. No. I mean, it's a proven true word of God. And um, last thing I just thought would be fun. Why don't you go ahead and uh, speak to any Cambodians or people that speak? Come here. Yeah. Uh, just give them a greeting and let them know a little bit. Jum Ripsa Bangba Anding Akanir, Kenyum Pajia Sabai, me and Alka Jai Jai, and be a waiter pray Yesu Kritun, I'll protect a Pajia Subting Ainung, Hainung, Kenyum Sung Kemta, Tingai Moy, young Jup Jup Kinir, Hainung, Ja. You didn't go any to any language schools for that. You learned <laughs> OJT. <laughs> yeah. Holly. Well, women talk. <laughs> <laughs> Holly, we love you. We thank God we for you. We love you, too. And uh, we'll, we'll be down soon. Yay! And, yeah, and uh, with those of you watching and listening, we look forward to being able to share with you uh, that we're able to get a new house and increase security and all the things that are needed to continue to expand the work there. So yeah. praise the Lord. Uh, God bless everyone, and let's get it done. Thanks for joining us for today's episode. We'd love to stay connected with you and invite you to the conversation beyond this podcast. You can check out more of the work we're doing around the world at victormarks.com, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all linked in the show notes. Be sure to drop us a comment in the review section if today's show has impacted you in any way or if there's anything you'd like to hear more of. We're always encouraged to hear from you. Thanks for spending your time with us. Until next time.